Today's scripture is from Genesis 12, 1 to 9, New Revised Standard Version. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old, that's my age, when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife Sarah and his brother's son Lot and all the possessions that they had gathered and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran. And they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they had come to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem to the oak of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved on to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and invoked the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on by stages toward Negeb. This is the word of the Lord. speak here. Um, the lectionary usually gives you to choose one among four or five scriptures from different parts of the Bible. And it seems like we all, without talking to each other, chose this scripture uh, in the book of Genesis. And the, the service seems to be so far all connected through this scripture. Um, However controversial the story can be, if you consider what happened so many years after this journey of Abraham, uh, when the people of Israel finally entered the land of Canaan and uh, committed a slaughter of the Canaanites, this was not in the mind of Abraham at, Abraham at the time of this scripture. They didn't even know what empire was. They learned that in Egypt. The idea of conquer and domination, conquest and domination, came to, uh, to the Israelites through learning other models. But in the time of Abraham, we're talking about hundreds of years before that unfortunate um, event of Jericho and others. Abram is called by God to go on a journey, and he doesn't even know 
what the journey is. Go to a land that I will show you, he said. And Abraham went, and Abraham became a displaced person in the world. You know, I want to tell you as an immigrant to this country that I believe wholeheartedly that um, save uh, just a few adventurers who would love to move to another place to, to live there for, for fun and adventure and discovery, most people would not leave their land, their homeland, if they could stay there. Most people would rather stay where they have roots, where they have family, where they have familiar things, when they have a language that they can really speak well, and they would not go to live, to set their lives anywhere else. Abraham becomes a displaced person because he must because the call from God is compelling, because there's no way to say no. God, uh, Abraham goes, and he becomes a displaced person, just displaced as the immigrants around the world, displaced as the refugees around the world. You know, um, people become displaced for different reasons, political, economical, Climatic reasons, discrimination against women and children have created a lot of refugees in this world. War, oppression, natural disasters, and now climate change. It always was climate change. Now it's worse, and we're very aware of it. There are four types of displaced people in this, uh, in this world. We can uh, count up to five if, 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 if we separate two of them. Um, the first one is migrants, people who leave their land out of their own will because they want a better life because there are few possibilities in their land and they move on to another place pursuing a better life for their uh, families. Then there are the asylum seekers, the people who may be persecuted in their country if they stay there. Um, asylum seekers are those who have a status of uh, being applying for refugee status, and then refugees are the ones who have been already granted that status. That's what I was talking about when I said if we separate these two, then it's five. These are three so far. Then we have internally displaced persons. Internally displaced persons are people within uh, a nation who had to move from one place to another, typically because of climatic disasters. Um, hunger, um, economic conditions that do not allow them to stay because there are no jobs where they are and they had to move around uh, in their own country. And then there is this fifth um, category that is stateless people. 
And there are several groups in the world, not many, just six or seven groups that are stateless people. Uh, I'm going to give you only one example because my memory doesn't um, allow me to do more right now. And, and my notes are big enough that I cannot, you know, I couldn't write those down either. Um, but the, the, the one example is the Palestinians in Israel. Yeah, stateless people. They don't have a nation. They don't have a country, a nationality. Um, the, the Israeli people don't recognize them, their Palestinian uh, origin and nationality, so they don't have um, passports. They don't have passports. Talking about passports, and by the way, uh, the, the, the refugees in particular um, state are uh, granted that uh, status when it's considered if they can um, go back to their countries, uh, considering if they will be the object of persecution. Is fear of persecution the key thing they need to prove to become uh, refugees to be granted the status. Talking about passports, um, after World War I, there were many, many displaced people, and, and there was this uh, one person uh, uh, called, uh, I'm going to try this, Frisjat Nansen. Now, you had to repeat that after the service to me. Um, and, and he worked for the, uh, the precursor of the, Uni the United Nations. Um, it was another agency. And he, he was a Renaissance man. He was a scientist and, a, and a, a, a sports person. And he was a personality, archaeologist, and so many things. This guy had done so many things. And right after World War I, he came up with this idea of creating an international passport for displaced people. And it was called, since then, the Nansen Passport. This was put into place. All the nations agreed to respect this and to accept this passport and to allow people into their frontiers. And they, um, there were... They were in place, these passports, from 1922 to 1938, and uh, about 450,000 of them were issued to people, okay? So, um, Janssen was, uh, Nansen was a, uh, a Nobel Prize winner, and after the... He died in 1930, and after that, the, the uh, Nobel uh, Prize was given to the agency, the agency that was issuing the passports. So um, they ended in 1938, and I don't know why, but it's unfortunate that they ended because there are so many people who need them nowadays. Um, if we fast forward a long time, a lot of years, in 1980 is the first time that the United States creates a refugee admissions program here. 
the world, what I'm trying to tell you now is how we are always late to the party. How these passports were issued after World War I and we create a program like this in 1980. The intake was reduced. I mean, they had a, a set quota of immigrants or refugee pe people that they would take in this country uh, yearly. And in 2021, due to the pandemic, they reduced the number to 15,000 uh, uh, 15, people. They would take 15,000 people max in 2021. Um, when the crisis of refugees around the world is the worst ever. Hmm. In Europe, by the end of 2022, they had 21.8 million refugees. And we decided to receive 15,000. There's something wrong with that picture in, in, in my heart, in my mind. There's something wrong with that picture. Germany received in 2022 15.2 million refugees. We know this because we've seen it in TV. We've seen it in the news. I remember seeing this in the news. About 40% of those coming by sea, usually through the Mediterranean Sea to Europe, from countries like Syria, for example, um, are women and children. 40% are women and children. Now, the most accepting countries in the world are Canada, in order. Canada is number one. Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Germany, and the UK, in that order. So there is a problem. There is a problem. Now, let's go back to Abram. Abram starts a spiritual journey. He's called by God, compelled by God, not able to say no, becomes displaced, takes his family and his possessions. Sadly, in those days, possessions include other people. But I have to say that other people were, were part of the household and taken care of. I'm not justifying uh, slavery in any way, but our concept of slavery today is very different to what a household was in those days. He takes everybody and goes to where God is showing him. That reminds me of when Horatio and I had to leave our home because we had three little children Little, young, five, three, and one and a half. And we didn't have enough to put bread on the table. So we had to do something drastic and left our country, left our language, left, left our roots. We were not persecuted. There was no way we could pursue refugee status because we were not involved politically in, in, in what was happening there. However, there was a war happening, and when there is a war, everybody's at risk. But 
I'm going to tell you another secret about this country. And you should know that Arash and I became American citizens, so I'm not talking out of spite here. But I think that being self-critical is, is, is one of the freedoms that God gives us. If the government of a certain nation is doing whatever they're doing with the uh, permission and blessing of the government of the United States, no matter how despotic or tyrannic or abusive that government is, the United States will never recognize that and will never grant refugee status to anybody coming from that place. If, however, the government of that certain country is one that politically is an enemy of the government of this country, then no matter what the, is happening in that country, those people will come here uh, with the blessing of the government. So, we were not in luck because the military who were the dictators in Argentina back in those days, in the, in the late 70s and early 80s, um, were not only blessed by the United States government, but trained by the United States government. So, Abram started a spiritual journey. He goes on faith, trusting a call and a promise, a promise of blessing. Such a spiritual journey that when he gets to one of the places where he's supposed to go, he builds an altar. First thing he does is to build an altar. And then goes to another place and he builds, pitches a tent. In those days and those people, nomadic people, they lived in tents. He pitched a tent. That's a way of saying, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to make this my home. This came to my mind a few years after being in this country. In the beginning, it was more like, uh, okay, we're visiting here. I felt like we were in a movie or something, having uh, seen so many American movies in in, back home, uh, it was almost like walking in the, uh, the I don't know how many of you remember the, the serial, uh, the streets of San Francisco? No? Anybody? Any takers? No? Yes? Some? Okay. We watched that in Argentina back then. And some of you are too young. <laughs> and, uh, and we immigrated to to the Bay Area, to the San Francisco Bay Area. So I was walking on the streets, going to pick up my kids from school and things like that. And I felt like I was in the, <laughs> in the streets of San Francisco, in the set of, the, of, of, of a series we, we were watching before. He pitched his tent. It came to me, I, say, I said before, when... when I suddenly realized that my kids were swearing allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And I said, this is it. <laughs> Here we are. And then 9-11 came in 2001, and, and, and I also thought, we are here for, for better or for worse. Whatever happens here, 
that terrible day, we, we all felt a little bit like we were in danger. All of us, even if you were not in New York City, we, we were not in New York City, but we felt the jolt. <laughs> and, uh, and we said, here we are to run the same luck as the rest. He pitched his tent. Jeremiah says, chapter 29, verses 5 through 7, build houses and live in them. This God is saying to the people in exile, people in exile, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat what they produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. He pitched his tent. This is a kind of oppression that we are called to fight. And we have been a church that have embraced refugees before and is embracing a refugee as we speak. He was here last Sunday. Maybe we cannot change that reality of oppression Maybe we cannot change what happens in the world and displaces people around, but we can certainly offer them a home. We can open a warm heart to them. We can embrace them. We can see them as one of our own. We can take them in, no matter what their accent is, no matter what their color is, no matter what their story is. So, perhaps as a congregation, we don't have much influence in decisions of the government other than voting. But we decide what happens here. We decide what happens between the four walls of this church. And we have influence in this community. And we have a message to give to the community. This community, Tacoma, has voted to become a welcoming community. However, I'm disturbed by the mural that is painted across the street. It says, how can we become, how, how can we call ourselves welcoming if we're still practicing all kinds of rejection? I don't remember the words of the mural, but look it up. It's across the street. So let us be the prophets of acceptance, the prophets of affirmation, the, pro the prophets of embracing. Let us be that kind of church in here and that kind of church out there. Because certainly this world needs us. Amen.